the following radio show takes place between 7 p.m. and 8.05 p.m. Events occur in fake time. I was paid to put on a killer show. everybody happy wednesday it is january 26th 2022 and we are doing yet another edition of simulation radio live and i'm not gonna lie i was a little bit excited for the prospect of a day off i mentioned on uh, social media last night that there was a possibility that i would be taking the day off from the show today to do irl uh obligations and responsibilities but alas that doesn't seem to be the case. The thing that I was going to do uh, is not required anymore. So what happened was is, uh, you know, might as well just air it out before we really jump into the good stuff today because we have got quite a bit of fun stories on what was otherwise, I would say, a slow news day for at least very important stuff. But I've talked about it on the show before, and over Christmas which also happens to include my birthday in that time period. I was basically at a commission from COVID for those couple days before Christmas and going into Christmas. And again, I've talked about this before, but my family also, my extended family, all uh, came down with COVID also. And so what we usually do is, you know, we do the thing that all the families do is we have our nice little Christmas gathering and Thanksgiving gathering and we do that there. And we were not able to do that this year because of COVID. And so uh, what my mom wanted to do was organize some sort of uh, after Christmas Christmas. And I'm going to be quite busy over the next couple of weeks. So I didn't anticipate any other time besides tonight that we would be able to do our family Christmas. But uh, it's a bad night for my mom, and that's what I was going to be taking the night off for, was to go see my mom and do our whole Christmas gift exchange, which I finally bought gifts for. Uh, I was a little behind on that. I just got them last week. But don't pay attention to that. Pay the zero attention to that. I was ready uh, to go for it, and I'm going to pretend nothing but otherwise uh, on that one that I was just ready the whole time and should it come up then you know at least I'm ready now ready to go in case it ever comes up which who knows when that's going to be so we have a lot to get to and you would know about everything that's going on with the show if you are following on social media it is at simulation radio on everything particularly the ones that I'm that are the most active at the moment is Instagram.com slash simulation radio, or if you're using your app on your phone, which most people are, 
I, I think I'm the only idiot that's still using the fucking website, by the way, which just just yesterday allowed me to from the web page uh post the show clips and all the videos and reels directly from the website it it took fucking long enough but we got there eventually so it is at simulation radio on instagram and also on twitter as well that will be the next uh that's the next social media on the hit list to start getting active facebook exists at facebook.com slash simulation radio but i'm not really focusing on facebook all that much i'm probably going to move away from it mostly because a it feels almost impossible to stream to it because its copyright rules are absolutely ridiculous they will just totally take down uh, a live video in progress if the algorithm even detects a slight iota of a little thing that could be triggering their copyright robots i mean look i'm i have talked about the dangers of the algorithm before hey hey easy you oh man i'm i was trying to yell at the algorithm there but it is kind of hard i'm full as fuck i don't usually eat before the show but here we are i made this big old eight pound uh pork butt that I was going to have Ryan Sequest bring to the barbecue restaurant that he works at to cook, but alas, that did not end up working out and it was going to go bad today. So I was in that situation where I had to just really quickly look up, all right, what temperature am I cooking this at? How long am I cooking it for? And let it rip. And surprisingly, it actually it actually turned out not bad. And so I'm I'm full as fuck now. So also, you can follow facebook.com slash simulation radio should you choose to do so but i will probably not be focusing on it very much plus i'm not gonna lie uh some of the people on facebook are just straight up psychos man facebook i mean you would think that youtube commenters are some of the worst and i still stand by that they are but man facebook commenters are just something else because the people on facebook that are commenting only seem to also get their news from the conspiracy theory articles on facebook and are all like hyper extremists that have already made up their minds and no amount of facts could possibly change their mind but you know that's okay but I will continue to stream to facebook.com slash simulation radio if that is your platform of choice. We also do stream on Twitch, twitch.tv slash simulation radio. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast or the YouTube recording, then we do the show live every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, which you can uh, you can join us there if you choose. Leave a chat, uh, leave some messages and you can be part of the show we will all we'll all interact together in our fun nice and cute little community and we'll all uh we'll we'll have a good time speaking of which uh we might have an interview coming up next week yet another one uh we talked to somebody a couple months ago about uh some narcolepsy awareness and she was starting a narcolepsy blog like the struggles of it because it is kind of an un- underappreciated uh illness but uh we're going to have somewhat of a more uh i don't i don't want to say more positive interview next week because it's not like that interview wasn't positive but uh we're going to have a potential interview next week where we'll get to talk some business i'm talking to a potential business owner 
and I would really like to uh, hear his state of mind on how to uh, actually get this this business to a point where it's functioning in its niche. So we got that coming up. We've got some really cool stuff coming up, and now I guess it is time to get to some of the big stories for today. The biggest one, of course, being the news breaking earlier today that U.S. Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer is set to retire. I don't like that at all, man. I'm really not. I'm not trying to make a pun here or have a cute little rhyme, but alas, there it is. He is set to retire. He is, I believe, 83 years old, something along those lines. Uh, And yeah, he's 83 years old and he plans to retire at the end of the current term. It was leaked today. Now, it was not officially announced by uh, him himself, despite what the White House pre- press secretary Jen Psaki would lead you to believe uh, that there the justices are able to make their announcement whenever they want. No, it kind of got leaked today. And now, of course, the question on your mind is who is going to start replacing him? I mean, it's kind of the natural chain of events of what happens now. Keep in mind that uh, Justice Breyer was one of the more uh, liberal and progressive judges on the bench. And so he picked a good time if you want to keep the balance of power in the Supreme Court roughly the same, because we're dealing with President Biden here, who is making this nominee. And so he has quite a few people on his uh, on his shortlist, including a uh, vice president, Kamala Harris. Not that she's directly on his shortlist, but she is being floated as a potential name and it would accomplish a lot for the administration to uh you know get her out of the way of course uh president biden is planning on sticking to his promise that he made in one of the democratic primary debates in 2020 that you know i'm going to nominate a black woman despite uh despite how kind of woke point scory that sounds which i mean let's be honest that's pretty much what he's trying to do and the people that are deriding this i i understand where you're coming from like clearly he's just trying to score identity politics woke points here with everybody but at the same time it's not impossible for this person to be qualified for the job right like now the the right wing case is going to be that you know it the fact that he's limiting this to a certain selection of race and gender means that it's going to in it's going to infringe upon the qualifications that they may actually have but at the same time that doesn't mean that this person is not going to be qualified or capable of doing the job because let's be honest here uh amongst all different races genders whatnot there are people that are qualified for the job and i do understand that this is you know he's he's doing identity politics stuff he's scoring woke points and that is exactly what he's trying to do and i really dislike the fact that everything has to be reduced to uh, a race representation issue but at the same time it's not impossible for the person that he picks to be qualified there are plenty of qualified black women that are fully suitable for the job and so president biden has come out and said today that he is intending to keep that promise so 
we'll see who on the short list ends up being the nominee. And one of them, uh, it seems to be the uh, front runner, is a judge of the U.S., the 51st District Court of Appeals in the D.C. Circuit, uh, Ketanji Brown Jackson. She's 51, and she seems to be the uh, one of the front runners for the position right now. So, look, that, that sounds pretty qualified to me. I really get that, you know, the fact that race and gender has to be the forefront of the issue here, that's pretty stupid. And, of course, it just continues the narrative that the left is playing is basically identity politics with everything and it's kind of dumb and i think people are tired of it but at the same time you really have to keep in mind that she's still a qualified candidate if that ends up being the person that gets nominated and another point of view or another uh interesting factoid that i want to note here is this tweet from an la times a legal columnist and he made a good point here and i think that this is actually very very good for the supreme court which he's saying that with briar's retirement here are the ages of the remaining eight justices and his point was that this is kind of a younger court actually which i think is probably a good thing i mean we ride and deride uh all of these like 80 70 year old politicians for continuing to clutch to power despite the fact that they're up in age and they're losing significant significant mental capacity and probably should not be in positions of power anymore but at least when it comes to the supreme court we have a a little bit of a fresh perspective we've got uh, a 45 year old 51 year old uh 67 is some of the oldest actually justice alito is 71 he's the oldest or no clarence thomas is the oldest he's uh 73 uh, Sonia Sotomayor at 67, Justice Kagan at 61, Neil Gorsuch at Gorsuch at 54, Brett Kavanaugh at 56, and Amy Coney Barrett at age 50. So the uh, the average of all of these justices' ages is more than likely significantly lower, I would bet, you know, if you did all the intellectually honest statistical analysis stuff than most of the members of Congress. And I really don't think that it's a bad thing at all that the Supreme Court is trending towards a more younger age, especially given that the front runner is she's also in her 50s. And, you know, honestly, I would rather have a 50 something year old in the Supreme Court or, you know, maybe we're getting to the point where we can start having 40 somethings in there. Uh, I'd rather have somebody of that age in the Supreme Court than nominating another fucking 70 year old boomer who only exists to uh, how can I gobble up the most fucking power that I can get and hold on to it until I fall over and croak and die. So, again, don't really think it's a bad thing, but and I do understand the arguments of the people that are, you know, latching onto this as a potential woke issue. But at the same time, and I am, trust me, I am as big of a derider of all the woke identity politics shit as a lot of people. But it's you really can't discount the possibility that, you know, she's qualified. And yeah, I get that it's dumb that he's making the qualification just based on her race and gender because, you know, he's trying to score points with people that are already going to vote for him. But, I mean, at least she's qualified. All right, let's uh, 
get to what I think is going to be the most fun story for the day because it's becoming more real. And when you've watched movies in the past, remember, you know, when you were a kid and you used to watch movies that had all of these very futuristic and cool looking devices, and it always ran through your head the fantasy of, oh, man, when are these going to be real? When are we ever going to get a real lightsaber? Or when are we ever going to start having flying cars? Remember back in the day when they had like a uh, cell phone like devices and now all of a sudden we can't get our fucking hands off uh, cell phones. Well, Hacksmith Industries in Canada has made the Guinness World Record for the first retractable Brodo lightsaber. And this is this thing. This is cool as shit, man. And I'm not even a Star Wars fan by any stretch of the imagination. I actually think that uh, that Star Wars is kind of stupid and is a perfect symbol and representation of uh, the, the, the consumer. Ugh, gobble up legs. Give me all, all the Star Wars. I almost choked myself doing that. And this developer, Hacksmith Industries... Uh, was on the Guinness World Records list. And the difference being that this lightsaber is fully protractable and let downable. I guess protractable would, retractable would be the word for that. And once you guys see the function of this lightsaber, it actually does a lot of cool stuff. Like, it is fucking powerful, man. It slices through shit. It is... It's very controlled in how long it could be. Giggity. And not to mention, it just looks cool as fuck. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you guys some of this because this is a video that the Guinness World Records put out on this new world setting or record setting retractable lightsaber and let's let's take a look at some of this because i'm curious now this is a development studio out of canada and supposedly there are like americans and russians working on it we'll see that in the video because i haven't watched this yet i figured you know let's let's get the live reaction and let's check it out with you guys which by the way if you are not watching live then you're missing out on how cool this lightsaber is or if you're not watching the video and listening to the podcast then you can check that out at youtube.com slash simulation radio now let's get to this video because i'm really really curious as to some of these science behind this okay that's the prototype doesn't look super impressive so far so what happened here i'll play this again is it does look like the handle of a lightsaber. It was crafted quite well, and it doesn't quite look like a lightsaber just yet because the flames that it's spurting out, uh, they do look like flames. It's not a controlled, direct outline on the light like a lightsaber has, but we're looking at the process here. This is probably a first draft. Wow. My That's a lot of science. Wukram, and my record title is the first retractable lightsaber. 
All my life I was a great Star Wars fan and the lightsaber was the most wanted gadget that I wanted to have ever. Since 2013, main field of my research and work... That's such a good drawing. You know, people that design stuff, people that are scientists, which I guess uh, you would have to call this guy a scientist or these guys that were working on this scientists, right? Let me let me go back to this uh, one second here because this is this drawing that they have like this one right here of the gas management system that they have they talk about there's a valve there the whole handle part is really complicated and it has quite a lot of moving parts to it like an activation button big stuff big stuff here nozzle nozzle ejector ignition circuit hho reductor and of course the nipple because that needed to be made quite clear and look at look at how cool this drawing is. Look at how high quality this is. Pe people that design stuff that just so happen to also be very good at drawing it. It blows my mind, man. My research and work was hydrogen generation equipment, so I decided maybe I could build something with my own hands. My lightsaber is a powerful but compact hydrogen and oxygen burner. It can form one meter plasma torch with temperature over two thousand eight hundred Jesus Celsius. For many years, I have that can cut through a lot of shit. Spare parts for my lightsaber and power equipment on the internet markets and the scrapyards. Every single step during. So how he got the materials for this was he went to a lot of scrapyards, junkyards, and started scrounging for materials. And so it sounds like this is a lightsaber that is built from the materials of scrap. You know, we'll we'll kind of move through some of the building process into what the the final product starts ending up being. They still have the handle over here too. Lightsaber in your hand. That was the same this footage from earlier. First row prototype, so it has lots of limitations. It works only 30 seconds on full power. The hydrogen torch is not so stable as it can be. So the first draft, he's saying, this prototype that they're testing out right here, it only works for 30 seconds because the hydrogen tank that feeds the hydrogen into the lightsaber generator, it only could hiss out enough for 30 seconds worth of lightsabering. And so naturally, you know, that that's not good enough. I want to use my lightsaber for more than 30 seconds. I want to have a long out or drawn out lightsaber battle. I want to hands down, knock down, drag out fight with the lightsaber. And, you know, the best lightsaber battles are more than 30 seconds long. I mean, you have to have the high ground here, Anakin. And you can easily see it when it moves. Disgusting. So I need to upgrade the nozzle and gas stream parameters first. Still fuel tank is not so strong uh, for higher pressure. He's editing so the prototype. Replace it with carbon tank system. Sometimes the lightsaber just blow up in a hand because of the hydrogen flashback. But I think the science will help us and finally we can get the lightsaber close to the movie version. I know I'm not the only one who tried There we to go. This the is the one. The lightsaber becomes real and that's cool. James Hobson and his guys from Hacksmith Industries also made awesome real life products. Now that's a real lightsaber handle, baby. That we make it almost simultaneously. As you can see, Hacksmith version is much more powerful. It works longer than 30 seconds. Our duel would be extremely fast and furious. Now, unfortunately, uh the thing that causes it to last longer than 30 seconds is the bottom of the handle, which is really, really cool looking, by the way, does have to be connected to a hydrogen tank that somebody is wearing like a backpack behind them. And that is what 
is causing this new uh, second draft of the lightsaber to A, not only have a cooler handle design, but B, be much more powerful and allow it to last longer than 30 seconds and probably cut somebody's limb off, I would imagine. Because, you know... Just like in the movies, <laughs> baby. The 30 seconds to win. Isn't it cool that two guys from uh, different... Jesus Christ. Dream ...about one thing that doesn't even exist? Uh, sometimes we discuss our common project with James, sometimes we threaten each other with our new inventions, and we always... Of course, you know, at least these guys are having fun about it, and I cannot imagine a world where the guys that you're working with, you're not gonna occasionally now and then, you know, maybe tensions will run high in the development, and you'll you'll have to threaten the people that you're working with at least a couple times that you will just chop them up with your lightsaber, and that's that. We support each other, especially when James is trying to kill himself with some new crazy gadgets. Things and ideas that unite people all over the world are awesome. Of course, that's a great feeling to get into Guinness World Records with something that you just made with your own hands. Now that I got into the Guinness World Record book. is to make something more epic. Right now I'm working on Iron Man suit and uh, other Jesus. equipment that also works on hydrogen. So I hope to see you again and break a few more records. So we'll have to keep an eye out to this guy as he eventually develops his Iron Man suit because, all right, look, the lightsabers seemed like it would be quite the task as it is, but now he's working on a fucking Iron Man suit. So I am very much uh, looking forward to seeing what these guys continue to develop and whether or not it'll make world records. Now, another futuristic device that I want to talk about here that's making some headlines is now we've got the lightsabers. Now, what about the flying cars? And there's a flying car out of Slovakia. It's called the air car that is receiving a certificate to fly. It's a certificate of airworthiness that is provided to them from Slovakia. It can run on the road or fly in the sky. It features a BMW engine and has already completed more than 200 takeoffs and landings. And it takes about three minutes. Now, this car has, or this flying car, has a flight mode and a driving mode. And this certification, or certification, means that this vehicle can now be mass-produced. So I'm really curious to see if that they'll be able to secure the funding for it. Now, this is the story of a video that came out from USA Today, and while it was given the okay to be mass produced in Slovakia, I'm sure there are other bureaucratic red tape issues that we're going to have to deal with uh, in other countries in order to get it mass produced and sold to people that are not just in Slovakia. I'm not entirely sure how that bureaucracy works, but at the very least, uh, it's cool as shit, and we might be closer to seeing flying cars than you might think. I know that we talked about another uh, version of a flying car on the show a few weeks ago, but this one looks like it is significantly much farther along and already has the ability to potentially be mass-produced. Now, one of the things that I'm curious about is, are you going to have to have a pilot's license for this? I would imagine so, because I still think that flying is much more complicated than driving and they're going to have to figure out a way to make the transition 
from pilot to driver a little bit simpler. Maybe make it more like driving where you're just using the steering wheel and doing some stuff. But again, flying is much more complicated than that. And this might just be technology that we are going to have to work on. Well, let me let me show you guys some of this. Unfortunately, there's no sound to it. It's a flying car. And check this out. Where's all right? Let me, let me see if I can get audio for this because uh, ah, here we go. Airworthiness certificate. This certificate, uh, which has been achieved after this is the founder uh, of the flying car. Five dollars and two hundred takeoffs and landings. Wow. Uh, we have um, uh, confirmed that the technology uh, is built in compliance with all the safety regulations imposed by EASA. So it does adhere to all of the uh, all of the flying regulations that you're supposed to adhere to, at least in Slovakia. So uh, we'll have to see if the flying car developers will maybe fix some of those specifications to make them allowable to be flown here we'll have to see how this this ends up it's got retractable wings a bmw engine with a fixed propeller and a ballistic parachute which that i don't know man that's a lot of sciencey stuff but that just sounds cool as shit to me i want to fly All right, let's see that again, because that showed the process of the vehicle, which supposedly takes uh, three minutes. Now, the wings are retracting. It's going back into the vehicle, and it's putting itself in drive mode. So I mentioned earlier that this process takes roughly three minutes, so they had to have sped this 10, 20-second clip up a bit to get it there. Wings retracting, sinking right in. Now the wings are going in. Used to be symbols of used to be a symbol of freedom, and if you have a driver's license and you drive your car, you you certainly know you lost that freedom. Uh, what? Because you are often stuck in traffic. Oh. Our yeah. goal is to return the freedom to uh, back to to those who. You know, even in driving mode, that car looks kind of cool. It definitely looks like it's an offshoot of a sports car or a designer car. Like, I'm not a car guy myself, but at the very least, uh, maybe I could be one if that car could also fly. Uh, have the pilot's license and, and can drive a car, and at the same time, they can take off and, and cover a distance of 1,000 kilometers. Oh man, that is that is cool as shit. So it has been given the go go ahead by the Slovakian government with their flying certification to mass produce this car. So it seems like it is very very far along in the process of being able to uh, do real things. So I'm just super super curious as to uh, how long it's going to take this to actually get somewhere. So when we come back, I do want to get to the uh, the furry story. We've got quite a few fun stuff to get to because there is a cop who was discovered to have an OnlyFans account. 
And I'm curious to get you guys' perspective on this as to whether or not it was correct that she was forced out of her job. And we'll do a little bit of investigation into that as well. Plus, uh, China has made some edits to Fight Club in order to be shown in China. And we'll go over exactly what that is and whether or not that's even a big deal at all. Plus, middle school furries, fellas. Now, there's a school, a Midland Public School out of, I believe, Michigan, that is under some fire for a recent rumor that went around on social media, which got parents up in arms, and we have got to do a deep dive here and do some investigation as to whether or not this middle school actually put a litter box in the bathroom to satisfy uh, middle school furries. And as weird as that sounds, we are going to going to have to dive straight and head first into that. And we'll do it when we come back. Simulation Radio. Simulation Radio. I really think that PTA parents and those parents that are very, very heavily involved in the public schooling of their kids, especially, and I think there's a correlation here, ones that are really active on social media. Because as we all know, social media is not exactly the primary and most accurate source of information, but that doesn't stop uh, middle-aged school parents from getting involved in that and believing a lot of the rumors. And there's one rumor of a very particular uh, kitty cat related item that is being added to this middle school bathroom. And this rumor is not true, by the way. This rumor spread on social media amongst students and parents that there was a litter box that was placed in the bathroom at a Midland Public Schools middle school uh, that the superintendent had to take to Facebook to deconfirm uh, on Thursday, last Thursday, addressing false rumors that litter box accommodations were being made for students who identify as furries. He wrote, it is unconscionable that this afternoon I am sending this communication, he wrote. However, our Midland Public School stakeholders may be confused about a false message slash accusation that has resurfaced this week and is gaining traction in the social media realm. And you know how info spreads on social media. Maybe somebody starts the rumor. I be- I'm sure it was probably a student, maybe, that told their parents this made-up rumor, and then it spreads through social media like wildfire. And 
this rumor, and I really think that this is kind of funny, was that they put uh, litter boxes in the bathroom for the middle school students that identified as furries. And it's just really funny to me uh, picturing somebody, a middle school kid, like walking up to the litter box, uh, some furry dressed in a fucking dumbass furry costume, and just... Uh, you know, actually, it's not funny. It's kind of gross picturing that. That's just, oh, God, man. Another addition to the letter, the rumor spread that he had to clarify. Let me be clear in this communication. There is no truth whatsoever to this false statement. There have never been litter boxes in the schools. It's a source of disappointment that I felt the necessity to communicate this message to you. And of course, in the article that's meant for uh, mainstream audiences, they had to clarify that a furry is someone who role plays or identifies as an animal or an er or an animal character with human-like characteristics. And amongst middle school kids, I imagine, especially as we continue to enter the age where younger kids are more and more mentally ill and they're identifying as furries from a young age, uh, that that's fairly common. I imagine there are probably a lot of furries and I can see how that would cause this rumor to spread, especially amongst parents who are not really prone to actually doing any sort of research into this and to see whether or not this is a true rumor. And, you know, you hear from your child, you think it's probably going to be true. And so you spread on social media that this is a thing that's happening and so now the school board, after this got so big that they had to clarify, <laughs> ended up having to put out a statement. And we're going to watch this video in a moment of the December 20th uh, meeting that had to be clarified later. A parent expresses concerns over a unisex bathroom featuring a litter box for the kids who identify as cats. And this one parent, and in this PTA meeting, you know, it, the clock is right next to the podium as it's being recorded, and this parent is just very, very concerned about this, uh, this rumor that ended up being false. Um, I have a, a speech prepared to read regarding... Um, she wrote a speech about this. ...program and how unconstitutional it is, but... I unconstitutional? I First of all unconscionable is definitely the word here. I, this is not unconstitutional, I don't think, by any stretch of the imagination, but at the very least, it's just fucking weird, man. It doesn't have to be un unconstitutional and just plain fucking weird. Don't necessarily have to be mutually exclusive. So, uh, let's just say you, it's okay to say that it's fucking weird, but you don't have to go so far as to say that it's, it's unconstitutional. I get that you're concerned because obviously this is fucked up and is promoting snowflakeism amongst Zoomers, but I really don't think that unconstitutional is the right way to describe this. To address something else, not just to you as the board, um, but to parents and grandparents and taxpayers in our community, uh, the taxpayers. Still wrapping my brain around this a little bit, but um, yesterday I she's heard so blown away by this, um, and I was stunned. And today I am equally stunned. And I'm just literally speechless, and I just cannot believe that this is going on. A little bit upset. Well, not a little bit. A lot of bit upset. Furious. I don't, I would even use that word, but 
Um, She's I losing talk it, man. To you about the fact that, and I know this is going on nationwide, so it is not just for your, for this board, but our community needs to understand that the agenda that is being pushed through our schools is um, just my opinion, but somewhat nefarious when it comes to some of the um, activities. So let's talk about fury, furries. Fur furries. <laughs> it was furies. by a child. Uh, a couple months ago. Now, she's not wrong about this. Some of the stuff that she's not wrong about everything at the very least. Now, some of the stuff that is going on in public schools is absolutely heinous and is completely ridiculous when it comes to not turning your child into a fucked up psychopathic furry lunatic. But at the same time, this didn't even turn out to be real. This was not real. And so this is one of those situations where you have to you kind of have to know what you're getting into here that they are put in an environment where there are kids that are that identify as a furry, a cat or a dog, whatever. And so yesterday I heard that at least one of our schools in our town has a in one of the unisex bathrooms a litter box for the kids that identify as cats. <laughs> and um, I am really disturbed by that. And I, I would be too I if it were do real. More investigation on that. I know it's going on nationwide. I know it is. It's part of the agenda that's being pushed. I don't. I don't even want to understand it. But I think that people need to be aware of it because I am really upset. I kind of feel for you, lady. I mean, given that she doesn't know the full picture and that this wasn't real, uh, she's she's just a concerned parent. Like, she has a point there that there is some absolutely ridiculous stuff being pushed in public schools like uh you know fucking drag queen story hour and all that nonsense but you know at the same time if you think that this is real then i don't know man i would be a little bit more outraged and she's kind of keeping it together quite well uh and not coming off as a lunatic uh hoverboard parent so I, as funny as the story is like i I kind of see where she's coming from. Parent, that my child is put in an environment like that. Like my child's never and, going to public um, school. You know, I'm all for creativity and imagination, but when someone lives in a fantasy world and expects other people to go along with it, I have a problem with that. So I'm just putting that out there. I will investigate more. Um, but as far I'd as hope the so. test to stay program. The government does not have the right to regulate we the people under the guise of keeping us safe or to protect us from one another when it comes to our health and welfare. Unconstitutional. Even in an emergency. This is clearly communicated in the U.S. and state constitutions. Um, I there are a number of other health codes in here. These public health codes are health codes. worded and the guidelines. Um, I like how she's taking a reasonable approach to this and she's citing actual public health codes when I really think that uh, the argument that could just hold up here is that, you know, that's fucking weird. And why are we doing this shit? I really think that that's all you got to say here. Let's let's finish hearing her out for her last 40 seconds are unconstitutional to enforce. So this whole test to stay program, I have an issue with all of it, but um our kids shouldn't have to be tested just to stay in school when, you know, and ah. we've been talking about this. Now she's getting into COVID. Out. I know, you know, they have like a 100% survival rate, but they're being put through this, these ridiculous things under the guise of COVID. Um, I know that there's probably a lot of DEI that is very important, and, and I'm not here to criticize that at all, but this whole furry thing has just got me... Uh, I'm staying calm, Bring it back but I'm furries. not happy about it, and it's happened on your watch, and I don't understand it. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Ah, <laughs> uh, she got a round of applause for that one, too. All right. Good good work, concerned parent. I, I 
see where you're coming from here. Now, unfortunately, this story uh, did turn out to be false, but it also got the ire of Michigan GOP co-chair Michonne Maddock, who mentioned the controversy on her official Facebook page, stating, Kids who identify as furries get a litter box in the school bathroom. Parent heroes will take back our schools. But it wasn't real. It wasn't real. So, you know, maybe we might need to at least do somewhat of a little, just a tad bit, just a tiny little bit of research before we go right to the, uh, before we go right to the outrage here. Huh. You know, that that's some interesting copy pasta that, that's popping up in the chat. You know, let's let's get to this before we get to our, our next story. Uh, I've never seen this copy pasta before, El Paquito. Whales have inverted nipples inside uh, slits that hold the mammaries. When the calf wants to feed, they nudge the mammary slits from underneath and the mother releases the nipple. When the nipple is released, the whale rolls its tongue around to drink the milk. I... I I don't see anything entirely inaccurate about that. That sounds like true factual whale science to me. So good work. Thank you for the copy pasta. China is responding to Fight Club, which if you don't know the ending to Fight Club already, then I'm sorry, but I'm going to spoil it for you real quick. Now, the ending of Fight Club, essentially Tyler Durden uh, and Edward Norton, which uh, Tyler Durden is the alter ego, he's played by Brad Pitt, ended up going along with the plan. And essentially, it resulted in the fall of capitalism, which you would think would be anti-capitalist enough for China to just kind of let it go through. But Tencent is editing Fight Club's ending for Chinese release. And a screen capture of this, what they did was they cut out the ending part of it and they added a nice little blurb at the end. You know how maybe towards the end credits of a movie, sometimes uh, they'll put like what happened to the characters. But no, instead, they cut that part of the ending out where all the capitalism fell and all the big banks and credit unions all fell, which I guess was not anti-capitalist enough for China. They had to cut it out. And instead, they put out this nice little message through the clue provided by Tyler. The police rapidly figured out the whole plan and arrested all criminals successfully preventing the bomb from exploding after the trial tyler was sent to a lunatic asylum receiving psychological treatment he was discharged from the hospital in 2012 so uh china is retconning the ending of fight club in order to show it over there in china which again really don't see the need for that because it seemed like the ending to fight club was already kind of anti-capitalist enough so what would you really have to change there? Unsure about that. Uh, fans are not happy about that, though. People are coming to social media to complain about this from the West for whatever reason, even though it doesn't affect them. Uh, one fan asked on Twitter, how would the studio allow this? What about director David Fincher? Doesn't he have to sign off to this? I can't imagine him ever doing that unless he thought this was just so hilarious that he had to do it, which it could be fair. That does sound kind of hilarious to me but people are not happy about that uh let me know what you think about this does this ending sound uh like it would be better this alternative ending sound like it would be better than the ending that uh actually happened which i, I don't know man 
somehow they had to make note that uh, he was discharged from the hospital in 2012. I bet the Chinese fans are just really, really okay with this ending. All right, finally, one more story that we're going to get to to close out the show here before we wrap it up. We might might do so just a tad early today. A former Colorado police lieutenant has claimed that she was forced to quit her job after her colleagues discovered that she had a secret OnlyFans account. No! She's on OnlyFans. What? We can't let her be a cop. Her name is Melissa Williams. She's 46 years old. She said, as I was fired, I was in shock and panicking because I never wanted these two parts of my life to collide. And she received a $30,000 severance package to leave the force. I don't know, man. I've looked at, uh, I took a look at her OnlyFans and doing some research for this story. I really think that she's making much, much better money than 30 grand if she has any sort of following on her OnlyFans. She is a 28-year-old police veteran whose LinkedIn profile lists her as now retired from the Arapahoe County Sheriff's Office after more than 11 years there. And apparently she had also started moonlighting on the platform in May of 2020 as a means of spicing up her sex life with her husband and also decompressing from her difficult and dangerous job. And stick with me here because I'm going to show you this some of these cops photos on her OnlyFans to see whether or not uh would you subscribe to her OnlyFans and for what price would you subscribe to her OnlyFans because I'm curious after you guys if you're all willing to shell out the money for this uh this particular ex-cop now the sheriff's office did not immediately respond to comment for requests she's known by the alias Lexi Bella on OnlyFans. Oh, that sounds hot. You would think. She predominantly shared saucy snaps of herself and her husband, who has opted to remain private or anonymous for privacy reasons. She also added, A lot of the material my husband and I shared is stuff we've taken in our private sex life over the years. I was working up to 60 hours a week, so mostly my husband ran the page and shared the pictures. And then sometimes we'd have fun dressing me up and taking photos, especially to share. She's a self-proclaimed MILF and wife next door, and she said that it was a fun way to relax and be creative together after a stressful week in a stressful job. She had had this OnlyFans job for only 18 months before, in August of 2021, the cop's boss supposedly received an anonymous tip about her OnlyFans. And this prompted an investigation, and she was very quickly, well somewhat afterwards, uh, let go from the force and given a $30,000 settlement. She's upset because she thinks that her two lives should be private. And another thing that I would like to know, uh, leave a comment and let me know what you think about this. Do you think that this is, you know, a valid way to look at it? Do you really think that it is possible to exist in the OnlyFans world and still uh, keep your cop life, your public service life and your OnlyFans life separate? Do you really think that that's possible in a world like this? She uh, had some comments to make about this as well and you'll get to you'll get to see I her i enjoy being an OnlyFans 
Uh-oh. Come on, New York Post. Get your video together. Is your video really not going to buffer? All right, let me let me refresh this. You guys have got to get a load of this. I can't believe that she's being paid 30k as a severn. I enjoy being an OnlyFans creator. All right, here we go. Like we shared intimate parts of our life for fun and a spicy atmosphere. Would you sub to her OnlyFans? Hmm. And I don't know, ma'am. It wasn't received by everyone, and I can respect that. Very diplomatic answer. But now I have time to actually put a lot of thought and effort into my content. She's full content and now, I get baby. To engage with everyone who communicates with me. I bet that's exactly what she was uh, what she was hoping for there is to go full time on the OnlyFans content and this is her life now. Again, let me know what you think. Now, let's check out her I let's check out her OnlyFans here. Uh unfortunately or I would say fortunately. God fucking autoplay videos. Fortunately, uh the landing page for her OnlyFans does not really have too much on it. A uh, real Lexi Bella, the ex-police officer. OMG. Well, you found me busted. I know you have been curious and have been looking for my naughty page online. You may know I'm a retired sheriff's office lieutenant. Well, uh glad you told me. Glad you told me. You may also know I'm the MILF you see at the grocery store, the co-worker who secretly turns you on while on duty, the MILF you secretly watch at the gym, the MILF you sneak peeks at during youth sports, the MILF that you want your wife to look and act like. I don't know, man. I don't know about some of those things. I mean, yeah, sure, she is probably going to get a follower on OnlyFans. Well, she's probably going to get followers, plural, on OnlyFans, but... uh not for $14.99 a month. I don't think so. That That is a lot of money for that kind of content. I don't think so, lady. I don't know. So let me know what uh, what you guys think about this. Would you subscribe to her OnlyFans? Do you think that it was incorrect that she's fired from the police force after having been found out and outed as an OnlyFans officer? There, an OnlyFans officer. An OnlyFans influencer. Uh, there's a lot to a lot to unpack here. So let me know what you guys think about this. And with that, that should just about wrap it up for the week. Thank you all for joining. Once again, let me do the plugs here real quick because I man, I, I gotta do gotta do a better job as an influencer. Alright, so <clears throat> All right, getting ready to do the big shill. So uh, make sure to follow, like, and subscribe at Simulation Radio on everything. Again, if you are listening to the podcast or watching the YouTube recording of the video, you can join us live Monday through Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. And I look forward to hearing and seeing from all of you and your chats and hearing your opinions. And you guys will get your voices out there. And with that in mind, let's wrap up the week. I will see you all tomorrow evening at 9 p.m. Eastern for the very interesting show. The fellas will all be here and we're going to have a good time to cap out the week. Bye.
Goodbye, everyone. I'll remember you all in therapy.